It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a good one in store today, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with attorney and author uh, Louis Grossman about his uh, new book, Choose Your Medicine, Freedom of Therapeutic Choice in America. And then we're going to, in the middle hour, the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with um, a British author from the UK. William Wildblood has written a book called Earth is a School. But we start out this morning, uh, my first guest, if you are uh, a follower of True Crime Stories, uh, my my first guest on today's show has uh, uh, a true crime story. It's actually her story, The Demon in Disguise, Murder, Kidnapping, and the Banty Rooster by Ashley Elliott, who joins me by phone. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Now, would you would you consider this book a memoir of sorts? I actually would consider it a memoir, um, just because it, it's it's more it's written from a survivor victim perspective and it it just goes into great detail um about my thoughts my feelings and my experiences you know as a as a young girl and 
up until the kidnapping uh, of my mother and the murder of my father. And, you know, at first glance, it seems that those things happened concurrently, but they didn't. Your father was murdered, and then sometime later, your mother was raped and kidnapped. It must have seemed like there was just a crime spree going on in your house in your little town. Yes. Um, so my father was murdered May 19th of 2002 in Conway, Arkansas. And about 30 days later, my mother was kidnapped from her home in the state of Utah and taken across state lines to the state of Nevada, uh, where she was held for approximately 48 hours. Were these two things related in any way? They actually ended up being related. My stepfather uh, was ultimately um, convicted of kidnapping my mom and then uh, murdering my father and also my family friend, uh, Tim Robertson. And, and where did Tim fit into all this? <laughs> so he was he was just a family friend. My um, father, he was a protege, is I guess what people call him. I consider him just to be a family friend. But my father just took him under his wing, and he happened to be staying with my father uh, at, at our family home um, when the murder happened, which became the first double homicide of Conway, Arkansas. Was your father um, mixed up with with criminals, or was this uh, a random attack? I wouldn't say that my father was mixed up with criminals. Uh, my father owned um, a chemical company in Conway, and he had lots of connections. Uh, he was a bachelor. He liked to have a good time. Um, he was quite a character around town. Um, criminals, I wouldn't say he was mixed up with criminals, um, but he did like to have a good time. Nothing that I ever thought uh, would lead to a murder. Well, that's that's what I was getting at. Was there ever any, any motive um, figured out in, in why your, your father and, and ultimately Tim were killed and then later your mother kidnapped? Yeah, yes. Um, so it's kind of hard to explain, but ultimately uh, Ralph Richard Conti, who we refer to as Dick, um, killed my father, we feel, uh, out of jealousy um, for his relationship at the time with my mother. Um, he was jealous of any males that my mom had had relationships with. Um, Dick thought he was a mercenary uh, for the United States government. <laughs> and I think he uh, used this opportunity to live out a long life fantasy of um, sneaking into my father's house and murdering him execution style um and he happened you know he planned out my mother's kidnapping um 
drove her eight hours to his home in Nevada, and he was just crazy. Did your mother survive, or, or was she killed yes, as well? Yes, my mother did survive, so I was in Arkansas uh, working on my my father's estate, and I had received a phone call that my mom had not shown up for work. And um, it was just like my father had just been murdered, Timmy Wayne had just been murdered, and now my mom had gone missing. Um, my mom is always goes to work. Uh, I called the police. Um, I had to convince them that something was wrong. Um, I repeatedly asked them to please go to my mother's home. To Eventually, they broke down the door. Um, sounds a little more dramatic than it was. but um, And then we discussed how my mom's apartment looked. And based on that, I knew something was wrong. Um, and then it occurred to me that Dick, you know, just had mentioned several different times, you know, if something ever happens to your mom, um, I'm here, just give me a call, uh, anything you ever need. Um, so I called the, the hospital. Dick was a, a ER doctor. I called the hospital. And um, he had not shown up for work that day, and I knew right then he had my mom. Um, I called his cell phone, and he and I had an exchange of words. Um, he said not to call the police. I said that that was too late, and I wanted my mother back. Um, we ended our call, and he called uh, back. And my brother and I were given the opportunity to speak with my mom. Um, and my mom was heavily uh, drugged, um, just not aware of kind of what was going on. Um, it's just a very frightening situation, extremely traumatic. How, how old were you, Ashley, when your father was killed? 25. Oh, okay. So you were not living yeah. at home with him. No, I was not living at home with him. I was actually living in, in Utah, and um, I'd finished college and was kind of living my life. I was getting ready to uh, get married, and I was planning a wedding, and my my parents were communicating. They uh, had gone through a not very nice divorce. Um, but they luckily came together, um, and they were having a good time helping me plan my wedding. Um, so it was supposed to be, you know, some of these happiest memories of your life, um, and those were destroyed. Now, when you talked to Dick and knew that he had your mother, that he had kidnapped her and was holding her, um, did you suspect that he was also responsible for the killing of your father and Tim? At the time, that is not what I was thinking about. I was truly just thinking about he was going to kill my mother um, and that I was never going to see her again. Um, it wasn't until uh, that he released my mom um, and my mom was safe, um, and the Faulkner County, the, 
Faulkner County Prosecution's Office had gone out to Dick's home and observed, you know, he had a map of Conway. Um, he had police uh, radio frequencies um, for the state of Arkansas. That uh, those pieces of the puzzle started to come together, that he was actually responsible for the murder of my father and the murder of Timmy Wayne. Um, the name of the book is The Demon in Disguise, Murder, Kidnapping, and the Banty Rooster. We haven't talked about the Banty Rooster yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one of the, the greatest parts of this whole story is uh, Lieutenant Barrett. And when Lieutenant Barrett was originally signed the case, he was Sergeant Jim Barrett. And he's just an incredible Christian man who never gave up on the case. Um, he never gave up on my dad, uh, finding who, you know, murdered my dad all of these years. And I really just connected with Lieutenant Barrett. Um, but Lieutenant Barrett referred to Dick as the Banty Rooster, the cartoon character, <laughs> the big <laughs> rooster right. that just kind of walks around, you know, or I guess he struts around. Um, but that's where the Banty Rooster comes into play. And, and, and sincerely, that is kind of what Dick is like, just this awkward Banty Rooster. Um, so, yes, that is the Banty Rooster and, and where that came into play. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I just adore Lieutenant Barrett, you know, and so uh, Michael and I, uh, my co-author, just we couldn't pass up the opportunity to just put that in there. <laughs> well, and, and I was going to ask about Michael Caffino is uh, the co-author with Ashley Elliott of her story, The Demon in Disguise. How did Michael end up? into this well um writing a book is just a, a gigantic undertaking um and uh, my therapist had suggested that i write a book um and essentially i i gave it my best shot i dedicated time every morning to um sit down and kind of write out my story and then i just decided that i was going to need help doing this um, so I searched out um, ghostwriters, co-authors, uh, came across Michael Caffino. Um, not only is he a published author, um, but he's, he's also an attorney. Um, and if I needed anything, <laughs> I had spent so much time with the criminal justice system, I knew that I needed both a writer <laughs> and, and a lawyer. He was, yeah, and a lawyer. Yes, always. <laughs> I, I, I have to put a comma here, Ashley, but I want to talk some more about that and your experiences with the criminal justice system. Can you stick around for a few minutes while I go to break? And Absolutely. Then, okay, we'll come back and we'll talk yeah. more with Ashley Elliott about her book, The Demon in Disguise. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse, there's more ahead. Hello out there, everybody, it's me, Tigger, T-I-double-G-R, that spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue talking about a uh, true true crime story, which is uh, at the heart of uh, kind of a, a memoir called The Demon in Disguise, Murder, Kidnapping, and the Banty Rooster by Ashley Elliott with Michael Caffino. And Ashley joins me by phone. Ashley, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. That's all right. <laughs> I'm um, happy to be here. Um, Ashley, we were talking a little bit about Michael uh, Caffino and how he got involved um, when we went to break. Do you, do you want to pick it up there, or do you want to move oh, on and talk? Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I, I love, Michael is, uh, we're actually friends. <laughs> we, we still talk at least uh, once a week, and I just developed a really good relationship. Um but yes, in writing the book, I knew I needed a, a, a co-author, um, and Michael really helped me um, see things, uh, see the murders, um, the legal system, the kidnapping. Um, we sent out FOIA requests to obtain uh, the information um, to help assist write the book and and Michael did such a brilliant job putting everything together in a logical format for me uh, I was not allowed to be in the courtroom I had never um, seen any of the the evidence uh, I'd never read the trial transcript so was, he, he was able to help me gather all of that information so that essentially I could see what the judicial system had obtained, and I didn't have to ask anybody any questions. Any questions that I had, I could search out the information for myself and answer the question. And and now, with the help of Michael, you know, we have a book, The Demon in Disguise, you know, but I have my own answers, and I have my own truth, you know, about what happened to my family. And I, I'm really grateful for Michael. Now, the book also talks about basically a years-long roller coaster journey with the criminal justice system. Um, mm-hmm. How did that all play out? It it, it sounds like you kind of knew the who fairly quickly. <laughs> yes, um, we did know the who, Dick Conti, uh, fairly quickly. Um, what I didn't know is that the criminal justice system isn't like it is in the movies where you have the good guys, which are your police, the investigators, the attorneys, um, and the bad guy. And the bad guy goes to jail. And um, But that is not the case here. Um, I learned that the prosecuting attorney is actually a, an elected official. And the only individuals that hold him accountable for his decisions are the voters. And your prosecuting attorney is the person who decides whether or not they are going to try um, an individual for crimes. So our first prosecuting attorney in Faulkner County did not feel that he had enough um, evidence to try Dick Conti for the double homicide and he had said 
you know, he's in jail for kidnapping your mother, and you're all safe. Um, which, of course, as a victim, it, that doesn't sit well. He murdered my father. He murdered my friend. So that was our first prosecuting attorney. He was appointed to a judge seat. So his deputy that's, prosecuting That's scary all by itself. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit, Ashley. Yeah, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about the criminal justice system not being like it is on TV. I interviewed a profiler uh, from the FBI at Quantico one time, and mm -hmm. I was so disappointed to find out that they didn't have their own airplane like they do on Criminal Minds. Right. <laughs> yes. It's so it's just so crazy because it just it doesn't work like that, you know. And it's up to, to, to the voters. I didn't I mean, I was 25 and I probably should have been more involved in politics and have had known, but I had no idea, you know, and then you, the, the next prosecuting attorney was somebody that worked under, you know, the first one and he felt the same way. And you know, so he said, we're not trying the case. We don't feel like we have enough evidence and your family's fine because Dick is in jail for kidnapping your mother. And we would call and call and sit in his office just to get any kind of response, any kind of feedback. Where are we? Have you found anything new? And they were non-responsive, in my opinion. Well, prosecuting and attorneys generally decide whether there's enough evidence to move forward on a particular charge. They decide who's going to be charged and what they're going to be charged with. Um, mm -hmm. But they don't necessarily oversee or run the investigation, although, you know, unofficially, I, I suppose they do sometimes. But um, did the investigation continue to try to build a case that could be taken to whatever city prosecutor Sergeant, there was? Yes. Sergeant Barrett, who is now Lieutenant Barrett, was on the case from start to finish. He presented, like, he presented it to the first prosecuting attorney, the second prosecuting attorney. He built a case. He had it for them, um, but they did not feel that the evidence was solid. They felt that it was circumstantial evidence. Um, they didn't have any fingerprints. They didn't have a weapon. Um, they didn't really feel, I mean, and these are my opinions from the things that I gathered. You know, they each have their own thoughts and opinions on why they didn't try the case. Um, but I was grateful for Cody Highland, who stepped up to the plate and decided to run for prosecuting attorney against Marcus Baden, who was the sitting prosecuting attorney. And I met uh, with Cody Highland, um, and I just wanted to know about him, and he knew about my story and uh, what my family had been through. And he didn't make me any promises, um, but I was happy to see that somebody else was was challenging the good old boy system. And fresh eyes. I, fresh eyes, absolutely. And um, I'm going to say it was about a year later that, unbeknownst to my family, 
uh, Dick was being released early from uh, the penitentiary in Nevada, and we called the prosecution's office, and, you know, my mom just had happened to call the day, as she usually did, to make sure he was still in jail, um, and they said he was being released, and Cody jumped right into action and filed criminal charges um, against Dick, and um, Dick fought extradition to uh, the state of Arkansas. He lost, and he and he was tried. He was ultimately tried for uh, double homicide. And found guilty, I'm assuming. Or is and found guilty, <laughs> yes. I don't want to give away any spoilers. I but. know, that's okay. <laughs> yes, no, but he was, he was found guilty. Uh, the jury deliberated for approximately 45 minutes and came back with a guilty verdict. Was there... Um, had there been new evidence collected over the years as Cody continued to investigate? Not to my knowledge. Um, well, I say that uh, there were, if you will, jailhouse confession um, from a, a cellmate um, that it's kind of, in the book it goes into greater detail, but Dick happened to be playing uh, cards with somebody that was in the same vicinity and had mentioned the crime um, and had mentioned some, I guess, new evidence, um, and, and that was part of the trial. So I guess you could say that that was new evidence, but that definitely came into play during the trial. Well, I, I, I just couldn't help wondering if, uh, if this wasn't a case of uh, third prosecutors the charm, because, uh, <laughs> you know, it sounds like Cody had put together a case, and basically he was presenting the same case to the original prosecutor, the one that replaced him, and then finally mm -hmm. the third. The third, yeah. So, and, and it's just my opinion. I'm not an attorney. I'm not part of the legal system. You know, I am a victim, and just from where I sit, um, yes, they had, if you will, a jailhouse confession, um, but it wasn't, oh, yes, I killed Carter Elliott. Um, it was had to do with a vehicle um, that was used in driving from the state of Utah to the state of Arkansas to commit you know, a double homicide. Um, so that was really the the new part of, of the case against Dick Conti. Um, other than that, I do believe that the, the evidence was all the same um, that the first and the second prosecuting attorney had. Um, I think Cody just had fresh eyes. Uh, he had a fresh new, you know, they get to bring their own de deputy prosecuting attorney. They get to bring their own team in. So he was just new, new to the criminal justice system. He had his own team of, you know, Troy Braswell was um, the lead on the case, Joan Shipley, and they worked extremely hard and extremely long uh, to, to put together what ultimately uh, resulted in con a conviction. Was the um, 
the original crime, the uh, killing of your father and his protege, Tim, did that occur in your father's home? It did. It occurred in my family home. Mm-hmm. And were both of the bodies found there, um, and, and how, and by whom? Um, yes, both of the bodies were found there, and they were discovered uh, by my father's girlfriend. Um, she had been trying to get in touch with him and had come to his house and um, opened the door and, you know, right in the, the entry and we called it the music room because there was a piano in it. So my father was, <laughs> uh, yeah, in the foyer. And um, Timmy Wayne was in the music room, both lying, you know, face down. Um, she didn't stay long. <laughs> she she ran yeah, out screaming. Yeah, yes, to uh, a neighbor's and a 911 call was placed. And, and then... How did you find out about it? Oh, um, I had, I was in my home, and my mother came over, and my mother walked in my front door, and I don't know what it was about the look on her face, but I just said, who died? And she just said, oh, Ashley, and I just said, who died? She said, Ashley, I'm so sorry. I'm like, who died? Um, and she said, it's your father. And it just felt like I had, you know, been punched in the stomach. I dropped to my knees and I just, I cried. And and at that moment, I did ask my mom, where's Dick? And I wanted to know his whereabouts. My mother said that, he was at his cabin, and I just said, you know, I want you to get him on the phone. I want you to talk to him, um, which she did. But that was my initial reaction uh, when she told me that my father, you know, had been murdered. How, how did she, uh, it, it sounds like she told you he died, but but how did it change your feelings or reactions when she fine-tuned that explanation to include the fact that he had been murdered? At the time, um, they didn't know. They thought it had been a robbery. They thought somebody had broken in. Um, they didn't have much details. Um, and, and in these situations, there's not a whole lot of thinking going on there's more reacting going on um so my mom did not have any answers because in the moment nobody had any answers they were still at my dad's house which was a crime scene collecting evidence um so they just knew he had been murdered execution style um my initial thought was, where's Dick, um, which kind of passed when my mom reassured me that Dick was in his cabin in, in Utah. Um, and then it's just kind of you're in a fog of bewilderment of, is this really happening to me? Is this some crazy nightmare? 
And what was Dick's relationship to your mom? <laughs> Dick was, uh, he was my stepfather um, for a few months. Um, but other than that, he was a family friend of my uncle's for about, I actually don't even know they had been friends for so long. Um, now, Ashley, so. I, I've got to slow you down there. You can't just yeah. drop. You can't just <laughs> drop a bomb like he was my stepfather for a few months. What What was the deal there? He was married to your mother, right. but for a very short time or something. Yes. Uh, so, um, my mother had met Dick through um, my uncle, and they had gone to medical school together. And uh, my mom and Dick got married in December of 2001. Um, they got divorced uh, March, April of 2002. My mom had just discovered some things about Dick that weren't okay. Um, he was a strange uh, individual. I described well, Dick. Well, being as married a, to the Banty rooster doesn't give you a lot of bragging <laughs> rights. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We just didn't know that about him. We, uh, he was the ER doctor. Uh, we were led to believe by him that he had served time in the military. Um, so he was a military man. Um, we were also led to believe that he worked you know, for the government as a mercenary, and he would take trips um, to various places to to carry out, um, you know, taking people out and then making it back. Um, and we didn't necessarily all buy into that story, but that had been the story since the time my uncle and Dick had been friends, so we didn't know anything different. Um, Dick came back from one of his so-called missions um, and was staying at my mom, and I witnessed, you know, I'd never seen guns like that before at my mom, you know, my mom's house and big, gigantic, you know, knives and military uh, Fatigues, is that what they call them? You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, you know, it just it's just so overwhelming and mind blowing. It's it was it was almost hard not to believe after you after I saw all the things. Uh, and um, what did you come to believe Dick's motive was in killing your father and Tim? I ultimately believed that he was jealous of the relationship with my mother, and my father, and that if he could take out my dad, that my mom would somehow come back to him and rekindle their relationship after their divorce. And that was ultimately at the heart of the kidnapping of your mother later. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and you immediately thought of him to contact when you couldn't reach your mother. I did. <laughs> I did. I just... I don't, I don't know why or what made me think of that, but that's what I thought of. And, you know, I just went on intuition and called him, and I'm glad that I did because he had my mom. And, and he admitted to having your mom, and how was she, he how was she released? Um, which is another crazy thing, too, <laughs> to talk about because 
again, I was in the state of Arkansas dealing with this. My mom had been taken from her home in Utah, driven to Nevada to where Dick's residence was, which let me just say was a shack in the middle of the woods. Um, so I had this whole idea of how things happened. But as I got the information um, through the FOIA request, I was, that didn't happen at all like I thought. Um, so your question was, Dick, re Dick released my mom, and uh, he had a friend come over, um, actually two friends come over, and um, he let my mom go with uh, one of these ladies, um, and they were driving down the road, and the police had pulled them over, and my, they took my mom, and they took her uh, to the hospital. This is an incredible story, Ashley, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but it's uh, a, an exciting book, a true crime story, The Demon in Disguise, Murder, Kidnapping, and the Banty Rooster by Ashley Elliott with Michael Cofino. Um, Ashley, uh, we just have just a, a minute or two left. Um, and, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about the book and about you. Do you have a website? I do have a website. It is com, And I have a newsletter um, that I send out if you wanted to sign up for that. Um, you can get my book on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can go to my website and click on the link and or just go straight to those two sites. But we've covered a lot of information today. <laughs> so well, I hope your listeners I, I think they're gonna be I think the that, book. <laughs> I, I think they're gonna be fascinated by this book and this yeah. story. I, I know that, that I am. Do you have the bug now, Ashley? Do you think you'll uh, write any more books? I feel like I have one more story that I would love to tell. Um, but right now my focus is on just, I have a senior in uh, high school, so <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I want to give that some time and attention before I dive into, uh, another book and promotion. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning and, uh, thank best, you. Of, best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it was Ashley Elliott. What, what an incredible uh, story, a true crime story, in fact. Uh, the Demon in Disguise is the name of the book, Murder, Kidnapping, and the Banty Rooster by Ashley Elliott with Michael Cofino. And uh, we're going to take a short break. If you're uh, listening to us on 92.1 LPFM, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then coming up in the, uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the... Uh, we're going to talk with Yvonne Lewis from uh, Genesee Health Plan about their 8th annual drive through flu vaccine event tomorrow um and and we'll find out more about that after the uh, after the break but um 
Yeah, there's there's so much talk about a fourth wave of COVID and all that kind of stuff that that it might be easy to forget that it's flu season. But we're gonna, we're going to remind you coming up right after this uh, break. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. Lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Weiscarver, 
Wise Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Wise Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whwisecarver.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, with all the talk about uh, COVID 19 and, and uh, spikes and whether or not to get vaccine or mask up and so on, uh, people are kind of forgetting a little bit that we're entering flu season but they haven't forgotten a genesee health plan and they have their eighth annual drive-through flu vaccine event coming up tomorrow and joining me by phone to talk about it from genesee health plan is yvonne lewis hi yvonne welcome to the show it's great to talk to you again hello yvonne Well, I don't know what happened to Yvonne. I know we were uh, we were connected. Well, maybe she'll maybe she'll call me back and we'll reconnect and and be able to talk with her. But uh, I'll go ahead and, and share the fact that um, the Genesee Health Plan is hosting its eighth annual flu drive-through vaccine event tomorrow. From ah, oh, there she is. Let's try this again and see if I've got her. Welcome to live radio, folks. Hi, Yvonne. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. I don't know what happened to us. We were connected, but I, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I could hear you very well. <laughs> well, good. Then you got you got my uh, you got my sly message to call back. <laughs> yes, um, I did. And and I appreciate that. But tell me about the event tomorrow. This is the eighth annual. Uh, does that mean that you held the event? Um, last year in 2020 even with the uh, COVID going on? Yes we did. We held it in September last year. Uh, we following all of the safety protocols. Everybody was outside in cars. The cars drove up masked up. We did not have the inside portion last year but we did do the outside uh, driving into the bays because all people have to do when they come is to stay in the car, drive up, they can roll down their window, roll up their sleeve, and the pharmacist will be there to give them their vaccines in the bay. So we were able to continue that last year, and I was kind of chuckling because this is October 8th, and this is our eighth year, so it's got to be a good one. <laughs> That's right. What a coincidence. Um, but there's uh, a couple things that, that I want to talk about. It's, it's Walgreens who are providing the uh, pharmacists to give the shots is that right yes yes and for every year for the last eight years walgreens has been a great partner for us um of actually providing the vaccines and they only do the flu vaccines however so in the bay we will have walgreens there we have two pharmacists that are uh, that are staffing it along with their assistants and our staff to get people in uh in a very safe manner and, and move them through uh, so the Walgreens this year will have both the high dose for seniors 
as well as a regular vaccine. If they come as a family, and we we just it's been so exciting to see generations. We've had grandmothers, grandchildren, <laughs> and, the, and the parents all in one car um, previously getting their vaccine. So we can we can in the Bay handle anyone four years of age or older for getting vaccines. Is so there time if they want. Is, is there any charge for the vaccine? Actually, no. There's no out-of-pocket cost for the vaccine. Most of, of the health plans cover flu vaccines. And at this point, they cover the COVID vaccines as well. But we'll also have other vaccines available inside again this year that are also covered uh, by most insurances. And for those who did not have insurance, the health plan has been able to provide some resources to the health department to cover those vaccines when people don't have that coverage. And who's eligible? Um, can anybody just drive up and say, I'm here for my flu shot? Yes, sir. Anybody. We, we, we service anyone from Flint, Genesee County. And as a matter of fact, uh, we've had a couple of years where folks have come from outside the county. As long as they have their, their coverage of the outside the county, they have their uh, insurance card. We don't charge them. That charge that that charge would be sent to their insurance company, but no one has uh, been turned away. Now this takes place uh, tomorrow, which is Friday, October eighth, from three to six p.m., and it's at the Genesee Health Plan uh, office building, isn't it? Yes, right in our offices. We're located at twenty one. 71 South Linden Road. We like to tell people we're sandwiched between McDonald's and Gordon's. <laughs> and so they really, they really can't miss us. Uh, and, and so if they come tomorrow between 3 and 6, and we, and we do normally, we have people start coming at about 2.30 uh, because we get them all prepared and, and have them fill out the paperwork and get them right in the bay. We had a mother come at 2.30, uh, the first one, because she wanted to get get her children vaccinated before school. Well, we know children are already in school, but they can still come. That's why we have it beginning at 3 o'clock. Bring the children, get them vaccinated. And I listened to your uh, intro about flu vaccines. Uh, This is the time of year that we're getting also ready for the holidays. So getting that flu vaccination helps us get it now helps us build up the antibodies that we need in order to be safe during the holiday season. And there's, there's, uh, you mentioned some other vaccines. You're also going to have available uh, uh, some COVID vaccination as well. And, and how does, how does that work? And, and does it apply to people who are getting the the so-called booster? Uh, Okay. So that's, that's a good question. That's a good question, Tom. So, as you mentioned, Walgreens will be in the bay, in, in the far side of our parking lot, and people will see when they drive up that the Genesee Community Health Center mobile unit will be here. And, and through that mobile unit, they will be, be providing the COVID vaccine. Uh, so anyone wanting to just come and maybe get their second dose or first or second dose of the COVID vaccine, that's for Pfizer and Moderna, that's two doses. They can get that on Friday on tomorrow. Or if they want the J&J, that's the one dose. They'll also be able to get that at the mobile unit. Now, when you talk about boosters, and we try to make this really clear, right now, there's no booster, but they are encouraging for those individuals who have immune-compromised systems. And when we say that, we talk about individuals who are on immune-suppressant drugs. So they may have had cancer or a kidney transplant, and they're always taking medication 
to keep their body from rejecting the, the, the organ that they receive, uh, those individuals are getting a third shot. And, and I make that distinction, Tom, because a booster is really not the same as a third shot. Is and that something, Yvonne, is that something that people, uh, when it comes to this so-called booster uh, shot, that people should really consult their doctor and, and see if, if they need or should get one? Well, Tom, that's what we're encouraging. Uh, if they are in that, if they're in that grouping of individuals who have the uh, reduced immunity immune system, we are encouraging them to talk with their doctor, and then if that's okay, they can come out and get that third dose. For individuals who are, we we say relatively healthy. You're healthy. I mean, you may get a, you know, have a a little ache and pain here, but you're not on any major medication. And, and, it, and there's so much still to learn about this. So we're always saying, as we understand it today, that second vaccine gives you the immunity that you need. So they're encouraging those only those individuals who fit into that special category. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's younger people, too. Some of them have uh, uh, health conditions that require them uh, to take medications that reduce their immunity. So we want to be sure that they ask their doctor, and if they are uh, eligible and want to get it, they can come here. And the, the health team that's a part of the mobile unit will talk to them and make sure that they understand and give them that third dose if they're eligible. You mentioned some, uh, some paperwork to fill out. How, how involved is that? I'm one of those people that just hates it whenever I go to any kind of a clinic or doctor's office and somebody hands me a clipboard. Right. Well, basically, <laughs> yeah, I understand. And it's really basic information. Of course, they need or, or your name, uh, address, a way to contact you. Um, this this is because we have a system in, in Michigan that's called the Michigan Care Registry. Uh, short for that is MICA. And what happens with that information is when you get your vaccination, that information is input into MICA which allows you to know at any given point in time what vaccinations you have had and what vaccinations you might need. There is a, a, a list of vaccination recommendations for both adults and children. And so I'll give you an example. One of the things is the tetanus and diphtheria, or we call sometimes, and we call the whooping cough of vaccine. There are boosters for those that adults should get, like for tetanus especially, every 10 years. Well, if you come in and you are talking with the health professional and that information has been put into this care registry, you won't get it ahead of time, but you'll be alerted if maybe next year you need to think about getting that, that booster for what's called the Tdap. Uh, and the health department will be inside the Genesee Health Plan classroom to provide those extra vaccines like the Tdap. Uh, the HPV, pneumonia, as well as flu. So if a person wants to get those more than one vaccine, because many times during this season people will get the flu and the pneumonia vaccine, we'll ask them to come inside because the department can do all of that inside. Well, so uh, that paperwork, very minimal paperwork, is used to help ensure that that information is put into the care registry. Gotcha. Yvonne, we're out of time, but people can go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org to find out uh, all the details about tomorrow's drive through uh, flu vaccine event and all of the other services that Genesee Health Plan has, to, uh, can't they? 
Right. And there'll be free ice cream for everyone that comes. Oh, well, see, there you go. <laughs> now now I'm hooked. Ice cream for ice cream. Anyway, um, Yvonne Lewis from uh, Genesee Health Plan, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me this morning and, and sharing this uh, important information with the listeners. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate the opportunity. All right. Take care. Yep. More of the Tom Sumner program is straight You ahead. pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.